First down and goal to Mike Weber's back in at running back. They're throwing end zone, and it's intercepted by Justin Lane with one hand. There is a flag down. The place, an interception. First down, Michigan State. Wow, what a catch. Yeah, and you can clearly see him pulling on him there at the end, which is going to call the offensive pass interference. What a play by Lane that the former wide receiver converted to come back to a cornerback. Looking like it there. Welcome everybody to episode 26 of Prospect Profile. My name is Lawrence and uh, we're back with yet another uh, couple scouting reports here for, for y'all. Uh, we're a month out from the draft. Can you believe it already? Like, It's crazy to think we started doing this back in October and the draft seems so far away and now we're basically almost right here now. We're, we're in the final stretch of the of the race here to the draft and you know, we're getting more and more stuff heating up now in the rumor mill and and all everything is, is going is going crazy now. So draft season is in full effect and uh excited to be uh, trying to you know shed some more light in some guys in this final stretch to the draft. And uh we're going to get a couple uh, of guys that play you know, receiver and, and corner here. Uh, so we're going to be going, you know, dealing with that uh, portion of the uh, of the field today, and, and instead of like the trenches and whatnot. So, who I'm going to start off with today is Nebraska's wide receiver Stanley Morgan Jr. He is six feet, and he weighed in at the combine at 202 pounds, and. Boy, I tell you, Stanley Morgan is a. I feel like he's going really, really under the radar in this draft, and I heard you know some of the noise, a little noise about him from some draft circles, and I was like, okay, you know, I want to check him out because I haven't seen a lot. I never really watched a lot of Nebraska uh, games this season, uh, just honestly because he just really weren't very good, and I, I just. I was like, you know, I'd want to see, I want to check this guy out because I hadn't heard like a lot of buzz like during the season for him. So it was interesting to see his name start popping up in some places. And I was like, you know, let, let me look at some film on him. And, you know, I really came away, uh, uh, I'm a believer in Stanley Morgan uh, as a prospect. You know, and where, you know, where in the draft is, is another story. But I'm going to tell you this. What Stanley Morgan does well is one of the most important things to have when coming out for the draft as a receiver, and that and that's just in generally knowing how to work yourself open, how to run routes, and just create separation. And that is what Stanley Morgan's bread and butter is. He is not gonna, you know. Blow the top off of your defense. You know, he's not going to give you those crazy explosive plays. Um, well, he'll give you maybe you know, a few here and there, but he's not going to do it with regularity. But I tell you what, Stanley Morgan can just get open and make plays. Uh, I am, I was, I became away so impressed with the amount of routes this guy already knows how to run. A lot of critiques on college receivers coming out in the last quite a few years or so is that a lot of these guys, they just aren't 
running very complicated route trees, which, you know, that can be fixed, uh, you know, with the right coaching and the right mindset, you can learn and you can definitely adapt, but it definitely gives you a leg up when you know what you're doing already in that regard. And Stanley Morgan was asked to do a lot of different types of things in, in terms of, of running different, different types of routes and different areas of the field, whether it was inside or out. And, I he's not only knows of many routes to run, he is good at running those routes. I I find he is so adept at breaking off the top of his route, and and, and a lot of times you know these guys are playing off. I've seen a lot of film on him. A lot of guys play off coverage on him. I think because they know how much he can, you know, he can really break off. So they kind of want to create a bubble on him and, and limit him to, you know, not not as much damage as he could do. Uh, maybe in, in man coverage, but uh, I I find he he just still he's able to find a lot of room, especially when you know in that off coverage they give you enough room anyway. So you're just giving this guy like. You know, room he doesn't need already, and I, I just find he's very, very good at finding you know the the places the the spots in the in the field to be able to you know get to the ball and and, and just shake uh, defensive backs with regularity. I I think there's really it's not really a stretch to say he's probably the most nuanced routes runner route runner probably the best route runner in this entire class of of receivers uh, of what he's able to do he just looks the part of of a already of a ready NFL receiver you know day one and I I think he can really step in somewhere be a steal I think even in a later round I, I mean I'm talking maybe this guy could go third or fourth round and you know, end up contributing pretty shortly after the fact. Um, and I mean, I thought his, he had a really good combine. I mean, and the and him breaking off those routes, he it's not only on you know on film. You know, he confirmed how quick he is in the short area with his um his agility drill numbers. So in the three cone, he ran the second fastest three cone of all the receivers at the combine at six seven eight just one off from miles boykin one hundredth of a second off from miles boykin and that's a great number and and in the 20 yard shuttle he ran he was the fourth best time at four one three so he is able to use his quickness in that in that short area and he is able to break off he just he can really stick his foot in the dirt and then just go one a fake one way and really throw defensive backs off and burst out the other way and and run really crisp routes to get that get him open he's he's just a smart route runner that pairs it with the athleticism to boot so that's that's a dangerous combination for Stanley Morgan, and I feel like he is going going to be a really good 
like number two receiver for for a team that that really needs one at some point. Maybe not immediately. I mean, I think it might take a little time, but I I find, I find that this guy is is he's gonna. I think he's gonna produce uh, quicker than people think. And also another thing too, I I noticed with Morgan is that he's actually pretty pretty adept after the catch as well. Um, he's got some pretty nice moves. He's a really big uh, fan of the stiff arm. Yeah, he really's a tough runner uh, out there. And after he gets the, the 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 catch, so you know he's he doesn't just go down right away. I wouldn't say he's one of the best like yards after carry guys in the receiver class, but. I'd say he's definitely he can definitely hold his own and create some after the catch. He's not completely he won't go just go down like right away. He can use some of that his athleticism to uh, create and his, some of his his strength. He also uh, did was it fourteen uh, reps on the bench presses, which is really good on the for a, for a receiver. So you'll uh, you'll absolutely take that for from him. And he was also pretty good in the forty. I mean, he ran a four. Uh, four five three, which is nothing to nothing to be upset about on uh, on his accord. So, and I, I think yeah, like but you know he's it's not that top end explosiveness, but he's got enough to you know make things happen in the in, the, in, the, in his straight line speed there. So Stanley Morgan just r- really really like he's a student of the game. You can really just see it in the way he's he plays the position, the receiver position, and. Uh, I I find I think uh there it was hard for me to find a lot of negatives with him cuz he just does a lot of things so well but I thought the what's well, just a concern of mine really was I already mentioned he doesn't really there's not going to be a lot of explosive plays from him which is fine because honestly he you have other guys that can do that and that's not going to be his bread and butter but one thing I I am a little I would like to see more of because I didn't see a lot of it on film, like I, I think, I, like I said, was that there wasn't a whole lot of physical man coverage on him in film, and I really wonder how he's going to do with with fending off that pre- that physical press coverage at the line of scrimmage. Does he respond well to it? Will he fare as well with that type of coverage on him? Because he really did a lot of his damage, just picking apart zones through, um, you know, running running great routes through zone coverage. But I I think with Morgan's makeup, and and obviously he has some strength. You can see in the bench press, he can he can he can bench a pretty decent amount there with the uh, with the the fourteen reps. I feel like he can definitely create separation off the line. I think he's going to be able to use his arms pretty well. It's it's just I didn't see enough of it on tape, but I, I figure he's going to do okay, pretty okay for himself in that regard. So yeah, I I really came away impressed with Stanley Morgan though. It was a pleasant surprise. The guy the guy that's really I think just not getting a whole enough of buzz right now. Uh, in terms of the the receiver rankings, and I really think he's gonna slip under a lot of people's uh, gra- out of a lot of people's grasp, and he's gonna end up with someone that's gonna really you know really make a good use of him. And I I, I know I, I right now I I think he personally 
I if he's there in the second round, I'm I might I might just grab him there, but that's my personal opinion. I think he'll go lower than that. But you know, I, like who knows? Uh, you know, at the, when what's going to happen in the next month or so. But I, I personally think that Morgan will probably go um, a little lower than that, just because you know he's not maybe not the he's like the, not the flashiest guy in the world, but he just gets it done, and I I really like that about him. I think he's like the perfect kind of se- like second receiver that you need on your football team. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought about Stanley Morgan. Now we're going to go to the other side of the equation is the, def- the the cornerbacks, and we're going to be covering Michigan State's Justin Lane. And Justin Lane is a is an int- is a really uh interesting player that's started to get some real real legitimate buzz after the combine. Um he measured at the combine 62192 uh, and has 33 inch arms. So, I mean, he's this guy um he's got some he's got some length. <laughs> to say the least. Uh he's one of the longest corners in the draft and uh man, I, I tell you there he he uses it. <laughs> uh there's so with the Justin Lane though, I find there's definitely a good amount to like, but there's also a good amount to dislike with him too. And I don't know if I'm as high on Lane as some other people are uh, because of a couple things. But I'm going to go over the positives first with, with Lane. But um, So the best thing about him, his number one trait is, well, obviously it's his length, but it's how he uses his length. He is at his best in a hard physical press coverage using his absurd length for his position to his advantage and jamming up receivers at the line of scrimmage. I think he is one of the best um, in, the, in this class at, you, at being able to just throw receivers off their game on the line of scrimmage. He's very, very, he's got a nice uh, punch to him. You know, he's, he uses, he just, he tangles you up with those, his length. He's just, he's so long. He kind of just tangles you up. He gets in your way and it's really hard to work yourself open when you're playing right on him, uh, in man coverage. He, he's just so tough. And then even then, if he's, if you're, um, do manage to find a bit of an opening on him and the ball's coming your way, he's able to get his arms in there and disrupt the catch because he, like I said, long. He's long, and he can get those long arms in there, bat the ball away. Um, even when he's even a little past your hip, you know, he could still get it, get there and you know, with his arm and, and bat the ball and deflect the ball. He's, he's a tough... He's a tough customer playing him in man coverage, uh, Justin Lane, because it's he's he's pretty uh, he's pretty sticky on on the line of scrimmage, and I, it's hard to beat him there. It's hard to beat him with his length. It really is. I also find he's a really willing, good tackler. Uh, he's quite he's quite solid in run support. He makes he makes tackles. 
Um, he's not he's not shy uh, about uh, supporting in the run game, and I like that. He's clearly he's got he's an effort player. Um, I actually like a couple times he was used in blitz packages, and he came, really really burst off in, in some of those corner blitzes. I, I really liked his get off. Uh, he ran like a, a four or five at the combine, which isn't like blazing fast, but he he's got he's got some speed there. He's definitely got some speed. Um, also, another thing is that he is another converted receiver, kind of like Byron Murphy was, you know. And so, guess what? That means he is ball skill central. This guy can really really make things happen, make plays on the ball just because he, he's experienced at tracking the ball as a receiver. And I actually very interesting in the Michigan game. Uh, I noticed they actually lined him up at receiver for a few plays in the Michigan game. So that's how confident they are in this guy's ball skills that they wanted to put him back out there as receiver. And they trusted him enough to go and say, Hey, Go make a play on the ball. He actually almost came down with a crazy toe tap sideline catch. It was a little bit out of his reach in in that game, and it was just like, whoa! Like this guy, this guy can really make a play on the ball. Uh, he he's got he's got some tools, and he. So I I think Lane clearly has ball skills to go along w- with his his man coverage ability. So that's that really spells out some really you know possible. Uh, success with Justin Lane there, pairing those up, and just being able to make tackles and and just the willingness to do so is a really good combination of traits there. Uh, and I, I really like those positives about Justin Lane. But and some big but in a big but here, here is where I start to get down on Justin Lane, uh, and that is the soft press zone um, area of the game. I just, it's like man coverage Justin Lane and zone off man Justin Lane are two different players. And it's like night and day almost. And it's actually very frustrating because you see what he's able to do in, in man a lot of times and you go, oh my goodness, like, this guy, this guy can really play the position. But then you try to play him in zone, and it's like he looks lost out there at times. Um, he lets receivers a lot of times break off their routes, and he gives them a big bubble to work with. And he doesn't really close that that gap very well. Um, if they're especially if they're running like a sharp like in or a sharp out route, um, I find Lane really has problems flipping his hips over, changing the dire- direction to try to get over there. Um, his really sometimes the saving grace is his length in that in that situation because sometimes he is able to um, reach over and still make a play on the ball. But a lot of times he's still not long enough to, to actually do that in, in those cases because he really dug himself a hole early and uh, didn't really come back uh, on the route enough and gave too much of a bubble to the receiver in that in that soft press or zone. I just really, really came away um, surprised at how much I felt like he struggled at times in 
in that type of coverage. And I think that's going to be a thing where teams are going to have to really game plan around that with, with him when they, they grab him because there's some significant concern there. And that's weird. And it's weird too because he actually ran a, a pretty good cone, three cone. Um, well, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say pretty good, but it was like, okay, he ran like a six, nine on the three cone and he, but he ran like a four Oh nine on the, on the 20 yard shuttle, which is pretty, which is really good. So you, you kind of would expect like almost that short area quickness looks better on film, but I find it really, it isn't quite there. And it makes you just wonder kind of like what what happens uh what happened there it's like he and and when he plays i don't know if there's just like a i think he maybe he's just a little stiff in the hips like i said and at the times and and i don't know it's like he does the the, the change of the direction there he just doesn't catch up when he's when he's playing in off coverage and I don't know. It's really odd. Uh, and then there was another play that I saw. And this is another problem I saw. Was that in the Ohio State game, um, him and the safety were were dropping in zone. And his, sa- um, his safety um, was picking up a, a receiver. And Lane instead of picking up the other receiver on uh, like a, a few yards away, he goes and picks up the same receiver his safety took. And it left the receiver wide open for Ohio State. Luckily, Haskins didn't get the ball to the, that receiver because he did throw that way, but he, he um, miscalculated the throw. They were lucky because that was touchdown uh, if – if he gets that ball to him, because uh, Lane completely blew his assignment. He picked up the wrong guy, the guy that was already getting picked up by the safety, and it was a mess. The safety, you could actually see, um, was yelling at Lane about it right after the play. Like, what were you thinking? Like, yeah, I got, I had him, and you were supposed to get the other guy. And it just, that was like another thing that's just like, whoa, like, how is he so. Like differently, you know, plays so differently in zone. He just like he just looks very confused, um, not comfortable playing like off press or soft press or you know zone. And I don't know. I I really uh was shocked at at some of his the lumps he took in when teams would throw at him while he while he was playing off off his man. So, I think Justin Lane is a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be a a good player. I think he's going to be a good number two corner that's physical. And, you know, you play him, you know, in those press type of situations. You try to keep him away from that, like, off coverage when you can, if you can help it. I think... He, for me, he's got like a late second round grade. Um, I just, I just can't go higher than that with some of the problems he, I, he shows in, 
in in the um, non man coverage, in non press, I should say. He he is hundred percent like your archetype press type of corner, but he struggles in some other areas when you ask him to do some different things in in coverage. So I um, I don't know. I think I would still like Lane at that point. Um, a lot of people have been talking about maybe he ends up in Cleveland. He is a Cleveland guy. Um, that you know, Cleveland has a has definitely has a. Uh, I wouldn't say a immediate need at corner. I mean, Terrence Mitchell came in there last year and played really well, opposite of of uh, uh, Denzel Ward, until he got hurt and you know was out for quite a while. So. I don't know. It depends if the the Browns are really confident uh, confident in T. Mitch to really come back and play um, across from Ward again, uh, or they look at a guy like Justin Lane. They say, "Hey, you know, we like his upside in his length and how he can, how well he plays in press. So you know, let's let's play him across from Ward." I wouldn't mind it. Um, but I, I don't think that's the direction the Browns are going to go in. That's just my personal opinion as a, as a, as a fan. But, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think Justin Lane is going to still be a pretty good player. I just don't think he's going to be a great one. It, I think, you know, cause he, you know, he's going to make some plays though with his natural ball skills and how tough he is and strong and, and, Lanky he is at the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I think Lane is Lane is definitely in that that like the top five of the corners in this class, which is isn't a great class of corners, but you know he's definitely in that that still in that first tier. I think at the end of it, but I think he's he's still just on the border there. So I think he just crosses that border personally. But all right, guys, uh, that's going to do it for the show today. Um, uh, kind of a relatively qu- a quick one today. I just wanted to get the, I wanted to get this out. Uh, um, and uh, you know, it was a pretty. I thought it was a pretty easy evaluation on both of those guys. It, they kind of showed exactly what they do well and and don't do well in Justin Lane's case, uh, pretty easily. It didn't take a whole lot to see some of those those issues. Like certain guys, it's hard, you know, to really pinpoint certain things. But these guys, it's just that that stuff popped right off the page for me. So I thought that I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, anyway, you can find Prospect Profile um, on Twitter at Prospect Prof. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, our Podbean, uh, which is prospectprofile.podbean.com. And you can just look at us up, uh, Prospect Profile, on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, uh, at Prospect Profile, excuse me, at Prospect Profile on Instagram. Search up Prospect Profile on Facebook to find our Facebook page. So uh, thank you guys for listening again, and um, stay tuned uh, for the next episode, 27, and we're going to have a couple more scouting reports coming up, and... uh, Hopefully some different stuff soon uh, as draft season heats up. All right, so thank you guys for listening again. Take care.